What's up, military millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret, and today we have Carl Millsap, a eight-year Army veteran captain in the armor side who, it, well, he got into real estate, and now he is, well, we're here to talk about how to help other people get into real estate and figure out what they want to do with their life and chase their dreams. So, Carl, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me, David. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle one, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic One, Oscar Mike. What's up, military millionaires? I wanted to briefly talk about a service I offer that a whole lot of people don't seem to know about, and I guess that's a failure on my part for not having discussed it enough. So look, finding a realtor that understands investing and or the VA loan or, or both is not always the easiest thing in the world. And finding a lender, same thing. So what I have started doing is I've built a, well, I have a large network, but I've started to compile it all together finally as a legitimate uh, Excel document-driven, location-driven list for you guys, essentially. So what it, what it is is basically just my way of helping connect you with a realtor or a lender that I know personally and have vetted and talked to and understand that they're not going to screw you. And what I do is, like, for example, I had a market where I had two or three agents that I all sent the same person as a connection and said, Hey man, you know, I, I trust, I, I know all of these. Let me know what you think. And they all said the same agent and same thing. So what I've done is if there's multiple agents in the same market, I choose the best one and that's who I'm going to hook you up with. But the whole point of this is just to help ensure that you get connected to the best agent. So if that is something that you would like, just go to the website, go to from military to millionaire.com slash VA dash realtor slash, or just, reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook, whatever. I'll send you the link or you can find it on the resources page of the website. But look, all it is is a way to help connect you with an agent who's going to hook you up. No, I don't charge a fee for you. No, I don't charge a fee for the agent. It's just a way to hook you guys up. At the end of the day, as a buyer, you're not going to pay for a realtor anyway. So ta-da, it's magic. You might as well use one. As far as VA lender, I've got a really good one that I work with and know very well. There's several others that are pretty good, and I'll probably try to steer you away from some uh, companies that I just don't think are very reputable or have been very helpful. So, you know, if this is a service that sounds good to you for free 99, then uh, reach out. And if not, then uh, enjoy the show right now. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and for those of you who would normally be watching this on YouTube, uh, the reason the video is going to be off is, is well, because if you were to see it, it would look like I'm interrogating Carl because... His lighting is a window behind him, and he is a black silhouette, and it's pretty funny, but probably not the most uh, conducive to YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I'm I'm in my makeshift office. Uh, got a big renovation project going on, and so this was going to be the. I had to put a sign on the door for my guys not to knock or enter because they're in and out constantly to get supplies all day and ask questions and. So, yeah, so this is the best I could do for right now. I love it. Well, as long as, you know, if you notice the good cop, bad cop come out, then you just calm me down and be like, it's not a real interrogation and we'll just move on. So, no. Uh, so, Carl, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? How'd you get started in all this? Yeah. So um, probably in, we'll say July, August of 2002, I was uh, getting ready to pin captain. Um, and, you know, I was in the army. I was an armor officer. Um been a scout in uh, second second ACR 
uh, all of my time up to that point. And I was having a, father, a discussion with my father and I was telling him, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to pin captain sometime October, November off to the career course. I want to command that first calf. Like I was lining out what I wanted to do um, and what I would need to do to make it to become a general officer. And so my father, as we're having this discussion, you know, he just listens to me. And then after I mapped out my career plan and what I wanted to be general officer, so on and so forth, he says, hey, man, I have no doubt you could be a general officer in the Army if that's what you decide to do. He said, but I'd hate for you to spend 20 or 30 years in the Army and never pursue your dream of owning your own business. Mm. So ever since you were a kid, you've always wanted to own your own business. He said, so I'd hate for you to retire and then regret that you never lived that dream. So I said, okay, you know, I gave that some thought and then I decided based on that conversation, you know what I am. I want to do company command because uh, at the time I was a first Lieutenant and I was second in command of a, a troop and I enjoyed that time. So I said, well, I want to get my own command time and I'll exit the army after that. So, uh, you know, I went to, I took an assignment, worked at Central Command for a while, did a deployment, came back for the career course and uh, here at Fort Knox. And while I was in the career course, I got hit by a car on my motorcycle. And my original goal was to go to Fort Hood and uh, command in 1st Cab Division. Uh, but, you know, I got hit by the car, had some back injuries. And so... I took an assignment here at the training brigade uh, where they train basic training soldiers and uh, AIT soldiers um, for tanks here in the training brigade. And while I was here, um, I decided, well, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and start investing in real estate. So I found me a mentor, uh, Mr. McKinney, who to this day is still my mentor. I mean, I've bought every property I have except for one through him. Uh, but I've been investing, uh, got out of the army and let's say... June 2006, 2007, I actually opened up a 24-hour gym franchise. So even when I got out of the Army, I didn't, I mean, I started investing in real estate while I was in command, but when it was time for me to get out of the Army after I did that command time, I decided, hey, I'm going to open, open my own business. So did a little research, decided to open up a 24-hour gym franchise, and I opened that in October of 07. I closed it in December of 21. Um, so owned that business and enjoyed it. But again, another crossroad, I was in a mastermind in, let's say, 2017, 2018 with this guy named Pat Rigsby. And Pat works with fitness professionals. He works with a lot of people, but he works with fitness professionals because he owned gyms as well. And he had this thing about, and you may have experienced this, David, that as a, as a business owner, you tend to revolve around your business. Your business doesn't generally revolve around you. And so he had this thing, Pat built this thing about building your ideal business where your business should support the lifestyle you want. Your lifestyle should not revolve around the business. I mean, you know, I put in countless hours building that gym and building the staff. And, you know, I mean, we enjoyed the fruits of that labor, but it was just a never ending cycle. But uh, so we're sitting in a mastermind. I'm sitting in this mastermind uh, with a bunch of other gym owners. And Pat says, hey, 
design your ideal business. What does that look like? And he let us branch off for about 45 minutes or so. And everybody's coming up with their ideal business and, you know, what it looks like. And it hit me. I didn't want to be in the gym business anymore. And so I said, man, you know, so when he came around and asked everybody to describe their ideal business, I said, my ideal business isn't owning a gym anymore. And so I knew my franchise agreement would be coming to an end in 2022. So I set a goal to increase. At that time, I may have had, let's say, 10 properties. Uh, so I decided to set a goal to, you know, increase my real estate holdings uh, so that when I exited my fitness franchise, you know, my family didn't miss a beat. You know, everything would be in line. So then I just had to convince my wife that that's what, you know, the way to go. <laughs> so here I am today um, living my dream. The second part of it. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. I, I'd i be curious to know. Uh, I don't like I don't know anything about the fitness industry or running the 24 hour fitness. So I'd be curious uh, to hear a little bit more about that. But what's uh, what's next? What's the what's the big? I mean, we've done real estate. We've done twenty four hour fitness. We're we're moving along. What's uh, what's the next big project? Yeah. So um, interesting thing is my next my goal is to have three hundred doors. I'm currently sitting at two hundred and six. Um, wow. So and, and that's been in a short period. Like I said, in 2017, 2018, I think I had maybe ten doors. Jeez. Um, but then. Uh, Mr. McKinney, the guy I talked about earlier, um, you know, this is where having the right people around you and having a vision comes into play. So uh, I set a goal, I think, let's say it was 2018. I said, you know, next year I want to have 2019. I want to add five doors. So I want to be by the end of 2019. I want to have 15 doors. Well, I went the whole year 2018 and I couldn't get anything. And then sometime in August, September that year, Mr. McKinney called and said, hey, got an eight plex. Um, it's barely occupied, but, you know, it's not listed yet, so on and so forth. So he told me the price on it. I would have to sell a couple units. And long story short, I sold three of my units. I added those eight. Well, guess what? It put me at 15, right? Right where I wanted to be. And so I was like, man, that's interesting. I set a goal to get 15. I ended up right at 15. So I said, hey, let's go a little bigger. So now we're talking 2019, 2020. I said, I want to add 30 doors. So sure enough, by the end of 2020, I had I added 48 more doors. Right. So we had the whole pandemic during 2020. Um, and you were just buying them up. Well, yeah, no, what happened was, um, and this is where, you know, making yourself of value to people uh, and having the right people in your life comes around. So I found an eightplex. Remember, I said I've bought every property I own except for one through Mr. McKinney. So I bought the one eightplex, another one. This is the second one I bought. I bought the first one through him that he mentioned. I found another one off market. I bought, I was in the process of buying that in 2020. And then when the uh, pandemic hit, um, you know, I can't sit around, right. You know, I, I tried, I couldn't, uh, and because the gym was shut down, Hey, I'm home every day. So I told Mr. McKinney, Hey, I'll come work for you because you know, he's a real estate broker. His office didn't close. So I went to go work for him and 
you know, a 40 unit that he was managing. He said the owner might be interested in selling it and he made it happen for me, you know? So that's where, you know, I bought that eight that I found off market, the 40 units, uh, that a 40 unit complex that he helped me get. And then the next year I was like, wow, okay. I wanted 30. I added 48 next year. Let's add 75. Let's see what it'll do. <laughs> and by March of that year, I had 81 units under contract. Now, I only ended up with 53 because 28 of those just weren't worth having. So I ended up with 53. But, okay, you know, my goal is to get to 300. So I get that turned in 2021, spend most of my time renovating those units. And then I saw another complex and I told Mr. McKinney, hey, let's see if we can get the owner of that complex to sell to me. 80 units. And Mr. McKinney made a call and, hey, here I am. I'm One of the 80 units is where I'm sitting. <laughs> uh, That's cool. Knee deep into renovation. So currently sitting at 206 with a goal of, you know, I got to have 94 more before the end of this year. Um, it's not looking good. It's October 26. But, hey, you know, you got to stay stay focused on the goal and doors will open up. Yeah. And I mean, even if you fall short of that, you've accomplished a ton. I mean, 200 doors in the last two and a half years is three years is, is nothing to, you know, poke a stick at or shake a stick at. Right. Like that's, it's a pretty, pretty solid accomplishment, especially, um, you know, it sounds like, are you, are you doing this? Like, are these all like, like solo, like just you, or do you have partners involved in any of this or how's, I mean, that's a quick scale. Yeah, so uh, my wife and I, and then I brought in uh, my parents. My I brought in my parents on this deal and part of the deal for 53 units, just because, you know, like you said, the, the, the capital needed to, um, you know, to, so I brought my parents in on yeah. uh, the, the last two deals just as, That's cool. as partners. So, um, so, you know, hey, you know, my dad has always said, hey, I'll always help you if you're trying to do something right uh, yeah but you know so hey that's, that's really them. cool to get involved with you know people a lot of times it's like oh family friends make everything more complicated like yeah, there there are times but at the end of the day i don't know it's it's cool when like your parents you know come along and support you and join in on that and and also you can you know, drag them along on the financial independence journey of real estate. And then there's always the funny side where it's like, well, I know you're not going to screw me because I'm just going to get the money back and inheritance one way or the other. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it's you know, coming back to me. <laughs> well, yeah. So the interesting thing with that is, you know, um, my, my dad and I are a lot of like, you know, my dad always told me when I was a kid, it's like, Hey, you know, don't ask me to co-sign for anything because if the bank doesn't think you're worthy, then why should I? Right. Mm. Uh, and I, I thought that was kind of harsh, man, but you know, uh, I understand it, you know, it's, it's a business decision, right? Like, Hey, you know, and he also taught me that essentially if you didn't have the money for something and either you figure out how to get the money for it, or if you can't pay cash for it, you probably didn't need it to begin with. Mm. Uh, and so just kind of having that kind of background. So when I came to him, I still had to sit down and, present the numbers and show him, you know, he's a real estate guy. He's got, I think he has, my parents own 10 rental properties, you know, as well uh, outside of the holdings that they have in partnership. Uh, but we also structured things in such a way that, 
you know, um, I, I have controlling interest. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, so yeah, so it, it's it's good to have them along and uh, support, uh, you know, with my wife and everything and our son. It's good to have the family in it. You know, uh, I'm running the day to day operations. Parents are uh, vacationing and enjoying retirement and they'll, you know, breeze through town and help out for, you know, a couple of days here and there. And then they're off to the races again. So it's, it's a good thing. Man, I appreciate you mentioning that about the cosine thing because I someone had asked me about that the other day and I was like, oh, man, I need to make a video about why you should never cosign. And I didn't make it. And so now I was reminded and wrote it down because I agree. It's like, OK, so obviously you're high risk or you wouldn't have a problem getting financing from a bank. Um, and now you're asking me to put my name on the line, but there's no reward. I'm not moving to the house. I'm not driving the car like you're essentially asking me to risk everything with no no upside like yeah no there's no no winning solution to that i mean there's a couple situations i think where it might make sense but no i don't i don't think i can't really think of a time when it makes sense but here's the interesting thing you know my dad preached that no cosign thing all my life and so our son is 25 and i'll say probably about two years ago when he graduated college, he was looking at buying a rental property. And so he called the banker and the banker said, Hey, if you get your dad to co-sign, you know, I'll do the deal for you. So my son called me all happy because, Hey dad, I can get my first rental property. Just needs you to co-sign. And the banker saying you'll only be on the line. You know, once I get a good work history, so on and so forth, one year of payments, and then he'll drop you off as a co-signer, you know, and I said, man, let's call your grandfather and see what the family line is on (laughs) co-signing. And man, I'm talking about my dad wouldn't answer the phone. He didn't reply to text messages. And then when I did finally talk to him, he was like, Hey man, why didn't you co-sign for my grandson? I said, what do you mean? You never co-signed for me. He said, yeah, that applies for you. But for my grandson, you do whatever he needs. And it's this (laughs) whole battle thing about, you know, whenever it comes to our son, you know, my dad says, hey, I don't like the way you're treating my grandson. And I say, hey, I'm treating your grandson the way my father treated me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, funny. so, yeah, so it's just this constant. Well, yeah, because now I'm not the risk. You're co-signing, not me. <laughs> it, it, right. Exactly. Like nothing that applied to me growing up applies to his grandson. I think that's grandparents in general, though, because, you know, my parents, they were strict about a whole bunch of stuff growing up. And now it's like, you want some more candy, Jack? I'm like, come on, guys. (laughs) He's got enough candy. Stop. Stop spoiling him. But it's like, that's what grandparents are for, right? Yeah, for sure. My my oldest knows, like, even last night, he's like, can we go to the facility? No, that's not do anything bad. He wanted him and his friend wanted to go hit balls in the batting cage, you know, practice baseball. And, uh. But it's like eight o'clock at night. And I'm like, dude, like I had I had went under anesthesia last night for like an endoscopy or whatever. So I was just not like legally allowed to drive. I felt fine, but I was eh, I'm not going to mess with it. And uh, my wife is exhausted. <laughs> and Cody's like, OK, well, I'm going to call grandpa then. <laughs> I'm like, OK, <laughs> right. No. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, you know, it, it's funny. Anyway, we could go down yeah, the grandparenting yeah. rabbit hole. Um, that's really cool that you have that many doors and it's just you, your wife and your parents. Like that's, that's quite the accomplishment. 
Uh, and I love the fact that you're, you bought this 80 and you're, you're renovating it. Um, what, uh, like what kind of return do you think you're going to see as far as how much you're going to be able to raise rents on that thing? Oh man. So on average, I'm raising the rents on the, uh, two bedrooms, two, per door on a two bedroom nice. and about one fifty five on the one bedrooms. Awesome. Um, so yeah, it, it's gonna, it's gonna work out, you know, yeah. and then here's the thing. Um, <laughs> funny story. And I know we don't want to talk a whole lot about the real estate and we'll talk oh, about we'll the gym talk as about well. whatever we talk about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I originally had this place under contract back in, I think July of August last year. Right. And so I get my two maintenance guys and our son to come out. We're going to do walkthroughs and I've got these sheets with, you know, Hey, you know, let's go through. We're going to ask these questions and these are the things that we're looking for. Smart. And so going through the apartments, I got my son with me and um, we're looking, we're looking and we knock on the door and the tenant isn't there. And so <laughs> we move on to the next apartment. We're on to the next building and the tenant that we missed comes fine. He comes and finds us and he says, Hey, you know, you guys missed my apartment. Can you want to come back and do it? So I give my son one of the sheets. Hey, you know what to do. Go back in. So my father, my son comes back and he goes, dad, you set me up. So what are you talking about? He said, dad, you set me up. I said, well, what are you talking about? He said, dad, I get to this guy's apartment. He takes me into the bathroom. He has a bucket underneath the bathroom fan. This is how bad this place is. He shows me a video with fluid coming down out of the bathroom van into the bucket. And this guy is living this way. And he says, well, how long has that been going on? He said, he's been asking them to fix it for three months and they won't fix it. And, you know, he said it finally, he said they finally stopped it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) So he says it finally stopped. And I said, well, what apartment is that? And my son told me, and I said, well, remember the apartment where we went in and, there was a young lady living there who had just moved in the night before. And when we asked her if she was having any problems, she said the toilet seat was loose. And I sent my son into that bathroom. I said, check the toilet seat. Well, the whole toilet was loose. It wasn't bolted down properly. So that's why the guy was having a problem. Um, but yeah, so we've got a lot of work to do here. This is a heavy lift. I mean, we, we, we purchased it February 28th out of 80 units. I think we had 27 units vacant. Wow. Um, so, you know, it's a heavy lift, but one Ford is about to put in a battery plant 15 minutes from this place. Oh, beautiful. And so, um, you know, we've turned 18 units already. I've got a crew in right now turning another 14 for me. Uh, and then we're just continually, you know, um, doing an assessment. And, and changing the whole culture of this place, um, you know, and so Man. it'll be, you know, the tenants who like what we're doing or enjoying it and the tenants who don't like the rules and things that we've put in place are moving. Yeah. It's just a natural <laughs> progression of things. Hey, it's progress. So, Path of progress. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. it, it, it was a good purchase. It was a good purchase. Yeah. All right. Good deal. So let's get on to some of the exciting stuff. It was, uh, <laughs> goals right that's what we wanted to what you wanted to chat about yeah goals and just encouraging people to follow their dreams man um yeah i I think 
a lot of times when I encounter people, when I owned a gym, a couple of my clients were teachers for one of the high schools that wasn't too far from my gym. And so they invite me in to talk to the students, you know, periodically. And so I'd go in and whenever I talk to a group, I don't just talk, right? I try and make it more of an interaction. So, you know, I ask a couple of questions. And one of the things I normally, because these were generally going to be high school seniors, um, hey, who's going to college? Okay. What are you going to college for? And so I go around the room and everybody tell me what they're going to college for. And then, you know, I'd break off to some kind of discussion and then I'd circle back around. I say, okay, Hey, if I'm going to pay for everything for the rest of your life, financially, you don't have to worry about any, you don't have financial concerns, the car you want, the house, health insurance, everything is provided for. Okay. The only requirement I have is you have to get up and go to work doing something. What are you doing? And 99% of the time, the answer they gave was different than the reason they were going to college. And so then my question was, is why are you going to college to be a criminal justice major if you really want to be an electrician, right? And why are you going to school for pre-med or law or whatever, when you really want to be a beautician, you know? Um, And so there's always, you know, these things about, you know, that's what everyone else is doing or that's what my parents want or, and so it's like, Hey, it's your life. You know, I think at, at 18 and that 18 may be a little young that, you know, we should tell our kids, Hey, don't follow the traditional path of, you know, it used to be go to high school, go to college, get a good job kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. But I think it really should be go to high school. If you don't know what you want to do coming out of high school, or if you have a dream, whatever that dream is, if you want to be an actor, singer, whatever the case may be, chase that dream for two or three years. Because if the average person lives to be 75 years old, if I take two or three years to go try to be an actress, a singer, a plumber, whatever, and it doesn't work, I can still go to college, spend four years and still walk out of there and be whatever the heck my fallback plan was. Right. But at least I don't live life with the regret that I essentially followed the path. Right. Um, We (laughs) talked about Dan Kennedy for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, Dan Kennedy, uh, we we talked about this a little earlier was, hey, the majority is always wrong. Right. (laughs) It's, hey, that path of, you know, go to school, go to college, get a good job. There's no guarantee in the jobs anymore anyway. Right. There's no pension plan for the most part. Uh, I mean, even the military is moving away from a traditional pension plan and saying, hey, uh, I don't what is the military equivalent of a 401k? TSP. Um, TSP. Right. So they're they're phasing out the 20 and out and get a check for the rest of your life. The TSP is the introduction of that. Right. So there is no guarantee. So if there's no guarantee, you might as well take your shot. You might as well go after whatever you really want to do in life. And if you really don't know what you want to do in life, take a year or two and figure that out. Now, you've got to work and be productive while you do that. You can't just sit at home on the couch while you try and figure it out, <laughs> you know, True. but you actually have to go for it. 
yeah, you actually have to go for it. Um, and so that's kind of what I, you know, my, my thing is, is, hey, I want to encourage people to just figure out what you really want to do in life and go after it. You know, life is too short. I mean, you've been in the military, you've seen a lot of things, you've experienced a lot of things, and it really helps put life in perspective that, man, you know, life is short. I mean, I deployed, I've been hit twice on a motorcycle, you know, I've had some yeah. serious injuries, you know, so. Twice uh, is, uh, once is bad enough. It, Kentucky, man, Kentucky. <laughs> you know, it's funny, uh, <laughs> not to derail this conversation, but the first property I ever bought, uh, my lender told me not to use a VA loan because I could only use it once, which obviously is wrong. But uh, so I used an FHA and it was a th- uh-huh. like $81,000 duplex. So it was like 3,500 bucks, you know, cash to close. And I didn't have it. I had a negative net worth. I was broke. I was a stupid, you know, I did all the n- normal military mistakes. The only reason I was able to afford the down payment is because I was sitting in a bar eating a cheeseburger and the guy parked next to my Harley backed out and, you know, <laughs> smashed and I drove over my Harley and then he was drunk. And so he came in and he's like, you know, who, who owns this? And we go outside and I'm like, the handlebars like bent around like a candy cane and stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, um, what do we do? And he's like, well, I own a car dealership, so I don't want this to go on the insurance. Here's a check. What's the Harley worth? And he just cut me a check for it. And then I sold the rest of the Harley back to Harley. And so I actually profited. Uh, and I sold the Harley for in, in two different, sales, I guess, for more right. than what I paid for it after putting 12,000 miles on it. Um, but just funny because it's like I haven't actually been hit on a motorcycle, but I had a motorcycle totaled while I was not even on it. And that was how I afforded my first down payment. <laughs> oh, man, you know, I, I love the ride. And yeah, it, I, in the 10 plus years that I rode, and that was probably my whole reason for wanting to go command at first cab at Fort Hood was so that the weather in my mind mm. stayed pretty decent. I could ride my motorcycle year round. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love the ride. Uh, but after my second accident, you know, it was too hard. It would have been too hard to get back on the bike with my wife and son. Uh, it just been in- inconsiderate. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it so, gets too, yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> so, so goals, I, I agree with you. And I actually love the idea of just chasing your dream for two. It's like the people who travel the world for a year before going to college, take a year off. And, um, you know, I always tell people to join the military, because I'm like, dude, if you don't know what you want to do, join the military. And then by the time you figure it out, you'll have a GI bill. So whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, that was when I was a recruiter, I used a very similar logic to people would come in and they'd be like, well, you know, I've been thinking about the military. I'm 26 now and I just don't know. And I would just look at them and be like, okay, cool. Well, go sit down somewhere quiet. And for an hour, just think through the question when I'm 80, Will I ever say that I regret not joining the military or like, am I, am I more likely to say that I regret joining or am I more likely to say that I regret never trying? Right. And like, yeah, you can kind of feel that that almost instantly people have their answer. They're like, Oh yeah, I'll probably never regret joining. Even if I don't like it, I don't really know that I've ever run into a service member who joined the military did their four years said, this isn't for me, got out. And then 40 years down the road was like, I wish I'd never joined. There's plenty of people who say, you know, it wasn't for me. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. But I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say they regret having done it. Um, And so I I try to live my life through that lens now. Like, will I regret not going for this? And 
you're absolutely right. If you go to school for something because that's what you're supposed to do and you never chase the thing that you've always wanted to do, then you're going to one day you're going to wake up and go, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it's, you know, you know, having seen it, experienced it. Right. You know, it's like, OK, I enjoyed the army. I never intended on doing eight years. Right. Yeah. I was going to do my four, do my commitment and get out. Now I got in. I enjoyed it. It came easy to me. But that conversation with my dad was like, yeah, I've always wanted to own my own business, you know, and I'd done a lot of things up until that point, you know, selling T-shirts out of the trunk of my car, you know, just a bunch of other things because, hey, I just like business. I just like hustling and controlling my own everything. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, that that's the thing is I just like to be able to control and determine, hey, what am I going to do today? You know, what life looks like. And that's what the gym, you know, having it after a while, it, it was very, I love my clients. I mean, I still keep, I actually just, my wife and I attended a, the wedding of one of my clients on Sunday, this past Sunday. Cool. Uh, and on Saturday, one of my uh, former clients, his dad had a heart attack and he was rushing to the hospital to be with his dad, but the person he thought the call was me, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so I talked to him on his way, you know, so I absolutely loved my clients and I enjoyed impacting people's lives, not just for the physical aspect of it, but also the emotional and mental side of it as well. Um, yeah. And so it, it was just one of those things that I considered ministry as part of what I did. Uh, I'm, I'm very task oriented, very goal oriented, um, I write my goals down every day of what I need. You know, I write my goals down every day for the year. Um, and, you know, I, I've got three goals and I write them down every day. And then I write my to-do list of what I need to do. And a lot of times I come home from the gym. I'm like, man, it's a bad day. My wife is like, why? And I'm like, look at my list. I didn't get much of it done. And she'll say, well, how many clients did you talk to today? And I said, oh, yeah, I talked to. You know, I talked to David, man. I spent doggone 45 minutes listening to this guy tell me about such and such, such and such. And, you know, this is the advice I gave him. Or I didn't even give him advice. I just listened. And she said, well, babe, you know, that in itself was productive because you helped him. You know, and so helping, having her help me shift my perspective of not just getting tasks done, but the impact of changing lives, not just physically, but across the spectrum in every aspect of your lives, you know, helping people out with their marriages and things like that, that, you know, that's where the true blessing, that's where the real work was being done. Um, and so when I looked at it like that, eh, it still didn't change the fact that I didn't get nothing done on my task list. <laughs> you know, Hey man, for my personality type, man, I've got to get stuff done, man. I've, I've got, you know, <laughs> I've got to get stuff done. So I haven't, I haven't said this on the podcast yet, and there's not a whole lot of people who know this, but I'm actually in the process uh, on the third revision right now for uh, building my own journal because I, I love like these 90 day intention planners. Um, I use Brandon Turner's for two, three years. Then they were on back order for like six months. So I tried a different one, the Panda planner. And I liked some parts of that and I didn't like other parts. And I tried a third one and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take the parts I love about all of these and build my own. And if anyone buys it, cool. But if not, I have my own and it's exactly what I want. 
And so I've been working on that. And one of the things that I threw in there is I think it's from Ed Milet is where I originally heard it, I believe. But he just talks about win the day. And so I'm like you where I will start the day and I will write out like 12 things. Be like, I got to do all these things. These are all my ideas. And then at the end of the day, if let's say I wrote 12 down and I got 10 done, I will look at the list and be like, oh, I didn't get to those two things. And so the win the day concept is like, let's say you write out 12 ideas. Just choose three. If you get those three done, then those are those were the most important or whatever. If you get those three done, then you call it a win. So if you get three done and that's it, you did it. If you get four done, that's great. That's a bonus. You can write all 12 out, but whatever ones you don't get done, you just roll to the next day. And for me, that little like change and just allowing myself to go, whew, I got these three things done. Uh, it's made such a difference because I was getting so burnt out by like, staying in the office or, or coming home and being upset that I had gotten 10 out of 12 things done. And it's like, dude, you got 10 things done today. Well, give yourself a little, a little grace. So I'm so bad about that. So yeah, I agree completely. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that and I'm glad you said it because I did, I transitioned to, I think, um, somewhere in when I was in the mastermind with Pat, uh, Rigsby, I transitioned to it. It was like, hey, what are the three things you need to do today that's going to move you closer to your goal? Yep. Right. And then there was so that was the above the line stuff. And then there was the below the line stuff. But even below the line, it was kind of like you only needed three things. Right. There was only three things you could put below the line. And if something got moved two or three days, like that task still wasn't a priority, didn't get done, then just drop it because it's really mm -hmm. not that important. The fact that you keep moving it says it's not that important. So I actually need to go back to that planner because um, I have a planner um, that I created kind of like you. I, I think I started with the Darren Hardy uh, best year ever book yeah. kit, whatever. And I took part of that planner and combined with some other planners. And so I still use some kind of like I've got my goals for the year, top three goals for the month top three goals for this week, three most important things for the week, uh, wins, losses, fixes, aha moments, and then what I'm grateful for and what I learned, kind of a planner is what yeah. I'm doing. But I think when I changed, I missed that part. Like, hey, you're right. There's really only two or three things that are, I need to do that's going to move me closer to my goal. Um, but yeah, when you're, I'm dealing with all these tenants and maintenance guys and <laughs> renovation crews, man, all of that's kind of like, hey, this needs to be done. This needs to be done. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm just drowning in task right now. Just grab the you got the you got the tiger tiger by the tail playing that game. Yeah, you're like, wait, yeah. we did. We, we said we were going to do this today. Well, yeah, boss, we, we know. But then uh, then we realized you have no insulation in your drywall, so we have to redo all your drywall. What? what? <laughs> that wasn't on the plan? Well, right. oh, and now, the, now that we're in your drywall, we realize that someone replaced one of your wires at one point with an electrical extension cord, and so we got to rewire this wall. And, oh, you know, <laughs> we need to make it 200 amp service because it's only 100 amps. Oh, my gosh. The moment oh, yeah. you start messing with renovations, it's like – Wait, I was supposed to plan today? Nah, we'll just, I'm not going to be able to stick to it. So let me just let them tell me what's going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nah, schedule of work is what we got going on around here, man. That's it funny. Keeps the guys focused. Hopefully, a, in theory, it does anyway. <laughs> it's theory. a fun game for sure. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, I've got a big renovation that I'm so close to being finished on. And I'm like, oh, my God. God, come on. Like, I just need to be able to breathe again, you know? Um, oh, yeah. 
Anyway, so all right, cool. Um, I don't know what what, what do we miss? Is there anything we haven't covered yet that we should? Um, yeah, let's. Um, I well, uh, I think on your one of the things talking about resources. Mm, um, yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it's uh, when you look at resources, and we're talking about really, hey, I want to. Not only do I want to figure out what I want to do in life, whatever my goal or dream is. Uh, how to do it? What is the primary resource that I could use to achieve that, or at least get me on the? And it's going to be funny because it's the dispersonality test. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but I am. Uh, I am a big fan. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when I I was in another mastermind uh, for sales professionals, right? And that was a crazy thing when I was looking at businesses to get in. One of the things I wanted to avoid the most was anything that required sales. <laughs> everything <laughs> right? requires but, sales. But everything <laughs> requires sales, right? I'm like, oh, man, 24-hour gym, people will just come in and they'll drive by. And if you build it, they'll come, right? Yeah, that's what and, they say. Uh, right, right, man. Jeez, I'm sitting there it's like every day. It's like I got a script, man. Hey, you know, let's talk. Of, you know, but anyways. Let's talk about um, why you're fat. And how you need to come here to change it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but, it, you know, my personality type, I'm a D, right? And mm. so because I'm more goal oriented than people oriented, um, I had to figure out in order to be successful, right? I got to get up and go kill it every day if I want to yep. eat, right? That's so um, I got in this mastermind with a bunch of sales professionals. And one of the guys uh, was a, uh, he was a dis. I'll say guru, right? <laughs> so uh, we went, we spent probably three or four months going over the dispersonality uh, oh, test and, you know, learning who we were and, you know, all of that. But then we learned how to identify and connect with the other personalities. So it made it easier for me Jeez. that when, you know, when someone walked through the door, if I'm on the sales desk today, you know, hey, these are the, you know, my staff all, we had questions, right? And we tried to guide the conversation, but based on how people responded, it helped me identify quickly what their personality type was. Um, and so then I knew how to adjust myself to them, right? And so then it made it easier to sell. And so, you know, that's probably one of the biggest resources is the biggest thing you can do is you have to know yourself, Right. Yep. Before I can worry about other people, I need to know who I am, how I think, why I think that way. And the dispersonality kind of summed that all up. And so once I got a good picture of that, uh, in addition to my wife telling me, <laughs> right, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but hey, this is what's going on. Then that kind of helped me figure out, OK, this is why I'm driven the way I am. So uh, that would probably be the biggest thing is, you know, learning yourself, whatever, however you do that. I recommend the disc personality, but I agree. It, it can be and it's a, free. a bunch of varied ways. You know, yeah. there's, some, there's, there's some really cool ones out there. Um, oh, and there's one I'm drawing a blank on it. That's like the king of king of the castle for personality tests. It's like the only one that's been like approved by whatever scientific studies for whatever. Um, but isn't not cheap. You know, it's, it's, it's the disc profile is phenomenal and free. And uh, yeah, I'm a, 
I'm a 99 I and like a 60 or 70 D and then like a 20, you know, on the S and C. And so for anyone listening to this, who doesn't know what that means, that means that I'm really good at networking and connecting with people, but it also means that any and every time I go to make a decision, my brain goes to, well, what will other people think? Or how will this be perceived by others? Or do they like me? Do they not like me? And it wrecks me sometimes because I'm just like, man, how I feel, you know, I have the innate ability to judge, like to see somebody's emotion and recognize it and be like, wow, yeah, which is great if things are going well. But the moment you're having a conversation with somebody and they just like tune out, I know it. And now I'm in my head and I'm like, oh, no, what yeah. am I doing wrong? Why am I not enough? Which, you know, it's, come to think of it, I'm going to do all of my interviews with my guests blacked out because this is great. <laughs> I, you could be like just miserable right now. And I have no idea. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm here to help, man. I'm here to help. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the disc profile is awesome. Um, so I definitely encourage anybody who's listening to this and hasn't taken it. It doesn't take very long, 20 minutes, maybe 30, but it'll give you just a ton of insight into who you are, how you operate and like why you think the way that you do, but it'll also help you recognize some of those other traits so that, you know, you know, as an I, if I'm going to have a conversation with Carl about something that he is doing right or wrong, he's a high D. So I can't go to him and be like, this is how people feel about the way that this is going. I need to just go to Carl and be like, yo dude, you, you, you fucked this up, man. Um, yeah. You know, and vice versa. If I was line. to tell my assistant that it would not go anywhere near as well as if I was to have an actual conversation. So. Yes. Yes. No, it, you know, it, it's funny, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm a D and I have one of the guys that, you know, he's on one of the crews and they're doing renovations. And, you know, I interact with the guys. I pop in and out of each apartment. I'm checking progress, so on and so forth. And so this one guy stops me and he goes, Carl, you don't like me very much, do you? I go, dude, I barely know you. I mean, wait, what makes you say that? He said, well, anytime I try to engage you, you, you know, you just, I can tell you don't want to be bothered. You don't want to <laughs> talk. And I'm like, well, no, man, like, hey, I've got, you know, 15 units being renovated right now. I've got a lot of stuff going on and yeah, I'd love to sit and just talk to you, but I just don't have time. Right. But you know, as a D right, I'm very bottom line, you know, Hey, yep. cut to the chase. Just tell me what the problem is so we can get to a solution. So I can move on to the next task because I'm very task oriented. And yep. so, yes, I have to make an effort to sit and have small talk and you know, those <laughs> kind of things. Uh, so, yeah. you know, but I, I can do it. I mean, you know, uh, I need to make easiest... my wife take the damn test because <laughs> yeah. we'll be, we'll be like sitting watching a movie or, or at the roadie or something. And by the end of it, it's like, we spent six hours together and I'm pissed and I'm like, we didn't talk at all. And she's like, I had a great time just sitting with you. And I'm like, such different personality traits. Sometimes. Yes, I'm like, man. I'm like, what do you mean you had a great time sitting there? Like, we didn't say a word to each other. And she's like, I know it was great. We just watched the rodeo together. And I'm like, okay, well, I misperceived this. I just assumed you were pissed at me. <laughs> right. Like, right. I'm not talking I'm, to I'm, me. <laughs> right. Uh, it, I'm thinking maybe your wife is a D or maybe a C. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think C is. Yeah. She's, she's definitely a C, but yeah. <laughs> So, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, it's very interesting. Very interesting. But yeah, I so yeah, it just well, go ahead. I was just going to ask where people can get a hold of you, Carl, if they want to reach out and ask some questions and and maybe talk to you about why they don't know what to do with their life. 
<laughs> David, we just we, we just talked about this, man. There is no way to get a hold of me. Um, I, right. I don't have any social media, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't I have Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have Facebook. I don't have right. Instagram. I don't have. I had Twitter for a short <laughs> amount of time, oh, but Twitter. it took up too much time, right? I, I found myself every time I sat down, I'm gonna open up to see what someone tweeted. Okay, well, it doesn't impact my life. Why, why am I reading this? So I got rid of Twitter. So I don't have any <laughs> social media Honestly, website. Awesome. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, my kids, uh, my youth group and other uh, youth groups that I'm involved with, they think it's bad. They're like, Mr. Carl, how do you not have <laughs> like any social media? And I'm like, hey, while you're spending countless hours on social media, Yep. I'm getting stuff done. <laughs> right. And so time with my know, family. Yeah. I don't need to watch people lie to me about their lives on Instagram <laughs> and TikTok. And, you know, the vacations they're telling you they're doing, I, I'm going to do that. You know, we <laughs> took our son, my wife and I took our son to Italy when he was like 10. I think Miles was 10. But, you know, he's 10, right? So yeah. we're, we're walking around Italy and we're at the Leaning Tower of Pisa and, He's like, I'm so bored. And I'm like, dude, you are in the building that your friends are going to be reading about. Yep. Are you serious? Right. But he's 10. So why would yep. I expect that he's going to have an appreciation for that? <laughs> you know, yep. and so, um, you know, he's older now and he's <laughs> off on his own. He's doing great things. So um, it's, it's so yeah. true, though. It's funny. My buddy Brandon showed uh, they were in Europe like a month, him and his wife and both kids. And they were, you know, all the pictures of all the cool things they're seeing. But then at one point he did a video and it was a video of his son having just a complete meltdown. And he was like, I just want to show everybody like I'm missing this entire thing that I wanted to go see because I had to take my son outside and just let him rant and rave. And I'm missing the entire museum. So just so you all know, it's not always like the picture show. And I was like, I appreciate the honesty because that is exactly how those trips usually end up going. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, nah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he, we got him to enjoy the trip. We rented bikes and rode around and, you know, it, it was good. It was a, a reminder. Hey, don't take kids on trips at, you know, like of that magnitude at 10 or 12, like wait yeah. until they're older and they can truly appreciate it, you know? So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Carl, thank you so much for joining us today. I don't, is, I mean, is there anything else that you think I, I, this has been fun for me because we got to talk about real estate, but we got to talk about other stuff that is uh, like we said before recording. Sometimes I'm, I love real estate, but there's only so much I can talk about rent, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, I, I'll just leave uh, with this. You know, I, I looked as I was preparing for this, um, at the very last email, I used to email my clients at the gym once a week, um, you know, nice. one of those connection things, but also one of those ways of, you know, I had, let's say 600, 700 clients. There's no way I can touch all of them, but I started sending a weekly email. Some of it was health and fitness related. Some of it was gym, you know, just life related. And so I figured, hey, for those that I don't touch through the personal training program or boot camps or what have you, this will be giving me an opportunity. And so my very last email to them, I explained that, hey, uh, you know, I kind of told them the story about my dad and the conversation with him. And so that's how I came to open that gym uh, and that now life was changing for me. And, you know, I'm off 
chasing my next goal. And so here was the end of the email. The parting words of advice was, uh, one, have a vision for your life, develop goals and go after them. Um, two, make sure you have people around you who can tell you what you need to hear, not what you want mm -hmm. to hear. Um, and ensure those people have your best interests at heart. And when they tell you something, you know, it's for your good. Uh, and then the third thing was find a coach, find a mentor, someone with a proven track record who has achieved what you're trying to do. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. You know, one yeah. of the things I tell our son is, hey, you should be 10 steps ahead of where I was at your age. So he's 25 right now. So he should be 10 steps ahead of where I was at 25 because I've already lived 25. So he should not be experiencing the same things that I can just tell him, hey, dude, you don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. And that should, you know, put him a little further ahead. Um, no, and then, I mean, you know, some mistakes he's going to make on his own. And it, there's nothing wrong with mistakes as long as you learn from them. But the fourth thing was, hey, don't settle. Life is short. Enjoy every day. Make the most of it and don't live with regrets. So that would be, mm. you know, that's some good advice. And I especially like the piece of, you know, finding somebody who's been where you want to go and using them for your, you know, your your proof source and your info. Uh, it always makes me laugh that people are like, I want to get into real estate investing. And then all these people who've never bought houses talk them out of it. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> if you wanted to go be a, a quarterback, would you <laughs> listen to Tom Brady or Tiger Woods? They're both right. very successful, but Tiger doesn't know shit about being a quarterback, so you probably ain't going to listen to him. And it's like, just because your parents have your best interest at heart or your girlfriend or whoever doesn't mean that they have the experience to know what they're talking about in that setting. Yeah, and no, it, valid point. My, you know, my father used to tell me the same thing was, you know, essentially, you know, you can hear people's advice and experience on things, but whether they had a good experience or a bad experience with this particular thing is based on the actions and the choices they made. And so you can't live your life based on those actions and choices because, and there, there's been things that people told me, Hey, yeah, Carl, you may not want to do that. And I did it anyway. And I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Right. But I would have missed out on that experience if I just went based on their experience. So, absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah. Very valid point. Dude, this was, this was good, man. This is a lot of fun. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I thank you for the opportunity, and I wish you the best in this podcast. I've, like I said, I've listened to the episodes uh, in preparation, and I, I think you're doing an outstanding job. It's, I think you have a very good niche, and uh, I think you know, you'll, you'll do well with this. Well, I appreciate that, and thank you once again for joining us today. All right, David. You have a good one, man. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarymillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.